0: Plus six streams. From Hollywood, it's time now for Edwin O'Brien as Guy
1: Dollar
2: Yeah, hey, this is Lieutenant Shark. Did you leave a message
1: for me to call? Yes, I did, Lieutenant. I it want you. It was all
2: bundled up by the time I got it. snyder got your name in what hotel, but I never did find out who you are and what you wanted with me. It's
1: about the Alonzo Chapman killing. It's...
2: Oh, well, what's your interest in
1: that? I'm an insurance investigator. I was sent out here from Hartford, Connecticut, to see what I could learn. We got the news at about 8 last night. I was on a plane by midnight and in Los Angeles by noon today.
2: Oh, uh, I must be tired. I don't have any more than I had last night. I suppose you want to talk to me, though? Right?
1: Yeah, I'd like to.
0: transcribed adventure of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollars.
1: submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Home Office Tri-State Insurance Group, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Alonzo Chapman matter. Expense account item one, $208.50, airfare and incidentals between Hartford, Connecticut and Los Angeles, California. After a delay of about an hour or so, I was able to make an appointment with Lieutenant Jim Shock, the detective in charge of the case. I met him at about 2.15, and he brought me up to date. Uh, Chapman was registered at the Quincy Hotel. He met this uh, gr- this girl in the hotel bar at about seven last night. They left together about they got it to a quarter of eight. Turned in the alley to get to the parking lot where a car was parked, and that's where he was shot in the alley. Was it robbery? No, he was well healed too. Over three hundred dollars had it in his coat pocket. How about this girl? We didn't hear about her. Huh? Well, we did. Norma Sale. Picked up on a shoplifting charge last year, but uh, she got a job and stayed out of trouble since. Pretty little thing. Born in Nebraska, she says she met an actor in a road company back there. He told her he'd uh, introduce her to some important people in Hollywood, and maybe she could... Well, you know how it goes. Yeah, but I wonder if Chapman's wife is going to. She's on her way out here. How long has this girl known him? Well, she says she just met him last night. I think that's what she said. She was transferred to county jail this morning at 11.30, a material witness. I suppose you want to talk to her. Huh? Yeah, I'd like to. And so would I. Might as well go on over. Because it's growing too fast. That's why we got too many people. We got too many... We got uh, too many cars. Too much of everything, but streets. It's a mess. Of course, I don't know anything about Hartford. I've never been there. Well, it's a little slower pace than Los Angeles, but it's got its problems. Yeah, I suppose every place has something... Here for... Yes, Lieutenant. Oh. Will you just call Cassidy when you want to send her back to a cell? Yeah, all right. I'll do that. Thanks. Oh, come along in, Norma. This man is Mr. Dollar. He's an insurance the here year from back east. How do you do, Mr. Oh.
3: You
1: can just sit down. How are you feeling today?
3: Not very good.
1: I tried to talk to you last night after Mr. Chapman was shot. Do you remember? I sort of have
3: to remember. I went
1: to pieces, I guess. Yeah, you did. Couldn't get anything that even sounded like a statement from you. That's why I had you held, so we could talk it over today.
3: Sure. But I don't know anything. He left, and then
1: it happened. How long had you known Mr. Chapman? I
3: just met him last
1: night. He made regular visits to Los Angeles. Are you sure you didn't meet him before? Of
3: course I'm sure. Why would I lie about that? We struck up a friendship last night.
1: Uh, <clears throat> how, how did that happen?
3: Well, I dropped into the bar at the Quincy for a drink, and he started to talk to me. Uh-huh.
2: What all did he say? It
3: was just one of those things that happens all the time. I knew it was a pitch, but he seemed like a nice guy. He just didn't want to be alone. He asked me if I knew any good places to eat, and I told him about a place I like out towards Hollywood, so hmm. he asked me if I'd show him.
1: Uh, you ought to be more careful who you get friendly with. Well, maybe I'd better turn that around and say you ought to be more careful about who knows you're getting friendly with somebody.
3: I guess I don't get you.
1: Well, we're looking for a reason somebody would want to kill Chapman. Maybe a man friend of yours. Well, it
3: couldn't do anything like that. I don't have any steady boyfriends.
1: Well, no, that's not saying there isn't somebody who wants to be one, is it? Well,
3: there isn't anybody, and that's the truth. If there had been somebody I knew, I would have recognized him, wouldn't I?
1: And it's possible that you might want to protect him if you didn't know him.
3: I didn't know him. There isn't anybody who'd do anything like that. I
1: I can't hold with that, Norma. You're young. You're pretty. Why, I should think there'd be a bunch of young bucks after you. Boys from that store where you work, Man, I
3: tell you, there isn't. It's the truth. There isn't. There was. I'd tell you. Well,
1: maybe you would. We've got to find a reason the Chapman was killed. I
3: don't know it wasn't because he was with me. All right, now,
1: Norma, don't get all upset again. You've got to remember some other things. I hope you aren't holding anything back, Norma. You know that we can learn the truth from other people.
3: Sure, I do. Ask the girls I work with. Ask Jeannie Stevens. She ought to know she's lived with me for almost a year. All right,
1: Norma. Now, when you and this chaplain decided on a place to go for dinner, you left the hotel. You started for your car in the parking lot, huh? Yes. You turned into the alley, which was a shorter trip than going around the corner, and this... This gunman was waiting there, hmm? It wasn't dark, was it?
3: No, not quite.
1: How far down the alley was this man?
3: Well, it was not very good at measuring, but it must have been about oh, halfway to the parking lot.
1: There's a big trash box there behind one of the buildings. This man was waiting behind the box, and when you came by, he stepped out, fired three shots and ran away. And it was light enough so that you could get a good look at him?
3: Yes, it was darker in the alley, but I'd have recognized anybody I knew.
1: Would you remember if you saw him again?
3: I'm not sure. Maybe I would. Now,
1: Norma, it's up to us to figure out how come this killer was waiting there, where he was. It beats me how he knew Chaplin was going to pass by that box.
3: I don't know.
1: You can see how odd it looks, Norma. If he didn't know Chaplin was coming that way, he must have known that you were.
3: I don't know how it happened. I'm telling the truth. Maybe somebody heard us talking in the bar. Heard
1: enough to know you and Chapman would go through the alley?
3: Maybe somebody could have. I don't remember exactly how it went, but I told him where my car was parked. Yes, I said... I said just down the alley, I remember.
1: And then did you leave?
3: Oh, not right away. We had another drink. Well,
1: that'll take uh, about 10 or 15 minutes, I suppose. Well, Well, how about a dollar? I don't think I have anything more. Thanks, Norman. All uh-huh. right. I'll get Cassidy to take you down. I'd like to send you home, Norman. Well, maybe tomorrow. You know how it goes. To both Lieutenant Shock and me, the jealousy motive was still first choice. As a matter of fact, at that point, it was the only choice. Nothing in Alonzo Chapman's room or among his effects gave a hint of the murder motive. The Cleveland police had been requested to send anything they had on him, and local men were at work checking his Los Angeles business associates and his movements. Chuck left the question on Norma sale's roommate, and I went back to satisfy myself on the beginning of it all. I waited for the evening bartender at the Quincy Hotel. Uh, now I'm not busy. We won't get crowded for another hour. How about last night? Were you crowded about 7, 7.30? Oh, yeah, yes, Well, If you'd ask me about anybody else in the place, I couldn't tell you a thing. But I remember this little blonde dame and this guy Chapman. I'm glad to hear that. Usually it doesn't happen this way. Yeah, I suppose not, but I'll tell you how it was. You see, a Chapman had been in a hotel for a few days, you know. Yeah, I got in Friday last week. Well, I'm not sure when I first met him, but he dropped in for an early drink, like, you know, quarter, five, five o'clock. Mm-hmm. Then we talk a little bit, then he'd go up to his room and come back around seven and stay for another hour or so. I, I tell you, it was fine to happen. What do you mean? Oh, not as getting killed, not that far, it. I mean a little blonde. I didn't snoop what he was saying or anything, but... That when she came in, the bar stools were all taken. Chapman spots her and gives her his place. How long had he been there? Just a couple of minutes. I hadn't gotten around to taking his order yet, but when I did, he ordered for the both of them. Then after that round, they moved to one of the booths. Did you happen to notice another man who could have been interested in them and could have been close enough to overhear them? Oh, no, gee, the, the place was full. I didn't notice. Oh, oh, maybe the bar girl did, the Grace Curcio. She'll be in at 5.30 if you want to talk to. So. I'll have to come back later. Chapman's widow is due to arrive in about 20 minutes. That masher had a wife? Yeah, how about that? Oh, well, I'm no stuffed shirt, but if that guy acted this way and all the pounds he hit, she's better off without him. I'll ask Grace if you want. Uh, what, what's your hotel? The Larkin. If she does remember something about it, I'd appreciate a call. Sure, right? sure. Yeah, my name is Howard. Thanks a lot, Howard. See you later. Does this any good. Mrs. Chapman just checked into the hotel. I'm in the lobby there now. How did you make out with Norma's roommate?
2: Oh, just fine. She seems like a level-headed sort of girl. She says uh,
3: Norma hasn't gone with any one particular man for a year.
2: That one's name was Clyde Mills. Served uh, a six-month sentence on some charge or other, not important what, but they're all washed up. She says he's not even in town, but...
1: Yeah. I'm going up to talk to the widow if it's all right with you. Sure. Go
2: right ahead. Make a suspect of her if you he can. We need some. Could
1: be. From what I hear, she had a motive, not counting the insurance money. But I don't know whether she knew it or not. I'll check with you later. Meeting Mr. Chapman was quite a surprise to me. I naturally expected to find the widow approximately the same age as the dead man, something near 50. But she wasn't. She looked to be only a few years over 30, if that.
3: Don't feel like you have to try and make things easy for me, Mr. Dollar. You don't. All right, Mrs. Chanton. Did he suffer much?
1: No, he died almost
3: instantly. If it had to happen, I'm glad it went that way then. I hope you understand.
1: I'm trying to. I take it you weren't too fond of your husband.
3: I wasn't. And it would be stupid for me to tell you anything else or to act any other way than I am acting. We're still
1: looking for the reason your husband was killed.
3: You said he was taking this girl someplace.
1: He was, but we haven't been able to make anything out of that yet. She says there's nobody who would kill out of jealousy.
3: I saw her picture in paper.
1: We doubted her, too. But our closest friend wouldn't have any reason to protect someone who had tried to kill Sale. She said there was nobody.
3: Well, there are other men who'd have good reason to kill him. You didn't know him, did you?
1: No, I'd never seen him.
3: He was good-looking. Not tall, but he sort of looked it. He took care of himself. The iron gray hair. He was better looking when he passed 45 than he ever was when he was young.
1: I was surprised that you were so young, Mrs. Chapman.
3: That's why. He was attractive to women. My bad luck was leaving Cleveland and letting myself get roped into a marriage. I found out about one of these girls, and then he started bragging about all the others.
1: You mean it's possible that a man followed him to Los Angeles from someplace else and killed him?
3: I don't know, but... I do know that he must have hurt a lot of people. Well, he's through hurting me. I've stuck it out because I knew this was going to happen someday. Every time I've read about a murder like this, I knew it would happen to him. Now it has. Now I own a house. I have a bank account. Insurance money. I'm finally getting something from my marriage.
1: I tried to phone Lieutenant Shocker a report on my meeting with the overly honest Mrs. Chapman, but he was out of his office getting the teletype answer to the request he'd made for information from the Cleveland police. So I cabbed over to see him. Now, I'm not saying that what Mrs. Chapman says is possible, but I don't want to go off half-cocked on a wild goose chase. I didn't think you'd like it. I don't either. Chapman came here from Fresno by train, so say it would have to be some guy from there. Well, see why he didn't. Well, say he didn't kill him in Fresno because he thought he wouldn't draw suspicion down here. How did this guy locate him? Chapman didn't reserve a room at the Quincy. He usually stayed someplace else, so he'd have to be followed. Yeah, it's no good, Dollar. Why, you couldn't expect an inexperienced man from Fresno to do a job of tailing like that through Union Station from there to the Quincy and all this uh, this traffic? Well, uh, uh, it's possible, I suppose. You going to check it, then? Yeah, I guess so. Probably it wouldn't be too hard to get a list of the people who got on that train at Fresno. Yeah. A list of them. hard up for motives. Now we got them all over the country. He was old enough to know better. Lieutenant, oh, what? Uh, here's a follow up on the stuff from Cleveland. Oh, thanks. Great. Right. Hmm, well, this is darn nice of those boys. Hmm. Get something? Hey, Chapman phoned Cleveland that day. checked in, didn't he? Yeah, it was Friday. Why? Look at this. Seems like his missus was seeing a lot of a man named Nicholson. He's known to have left Cleveland on Friday night, and he hasn't been seen since. Hmm. Like this, a whole lot better. Yeah, this could be what we wanted. A man with a motive who knew where Chapman was. You think it's time you met the honest widow? (laughs)
0: We will return you to the second act of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in just a moment. Now with our star, Edmund O'Brien, we return you to the second act of yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
1: Mrs. Chaplin, this is Lieutenant Shark investigating your husband's murder.
3: How do
1: you do? Glad to meet you, Miss Chapman. Well,
3: I'm sorry about circumstances.
1: It's not very pleasant. Miss Chapman, we never did get around to talking about your friend, Carl Nicholson, (gasps) did we?
3: What
1: do do you mean? Well, you told me about some of the improvements your husband's death was going to bring you, but you didn't mention Carl Nicholson.
3: Please. I know I sounded hard when I talked to you. I shouldn't have said something. I thought you were being honest. I was too honest, I'm afraid. I don't
1: think so. Mrs. Chapman, I've been in touch with the police back in your own town. They found out somehow about this Carl Nicholson. First, they said you'd been seeing quite a lot of him, especially when your husband was out of town. Is that right? Yes,
3: it's true. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: What were your feelings toward Nicholson at that time, That is, prior to your husband's death?
3: I'm fond of Carl. I never made any secret of that. He's my age. We have a lot of things in common. You know where he is? Right in Cleveland.
1: Oh, now that's funny. The police told me he was out of town. I don't know what
3: this means. I don't understand.
1: You didn't know he'd left town?
3: No, I didn't.
1: Now, if you were fond of each other and you had all these things in common, it seems to me you deserved to be told if he was just going up and leave town. When did you see him last, Mister Chapman? It was last week. Friday, by any
3: chance? No. It was before then. It was Wednesday or Thursday. Why are you asking me these
1: things? The police back there went on to tell me that this Nicholson left town on Friday.
3: The Cleveland police? Why should they even care about Carl?
1: Because I told them that on Friday, your husband had telephoned you from the hotel where he was staying here in Los Angeles. Isn't that right?
3: Yes, but I I don't know what you mean.
1: Didn't you see Nicholson on Friday after you taught your husband?
3: No. Do you mean that you think... I told him where Al was staying, and if he came out here. Now, now,
1: Mrs. Chapman, we didn't say we thought anything, but it's our job to solve this murder. We aren't saying we think you and him planned the whole thing, and he hopped out of here the first thing after he learned where your husband was staying. But there are a lot of things that aren't clear in our minds. The theory you gave me about all these wrong men around the country didn't hold up so well, Mrs. Chapman.
3: It wasn't a theory. I just told you what I'd been thinking.
1: You said you'd been waiting for it to happen. But the way we see it, the way your husband was killed, where he was killed, makes a jealous out-of-town man seem too far-fetched. Well, we're looking into it. Don't you worry about that. Luke,
3: do you have a reason to think that Carl has been in Los Angeles?
1: We're covering the possibility that he might have been. Maybe you just mentioned the Quincy Hotel in passing and casually, so you hardly remember.
3: No. I haven't seen Carl or talked to him since before Al called me. I didn't tell him.
1: Why did he happen to leave town on Friday?
3: I told you, I don't know. I didn't know he'd left.
1: Well, with all these things in common, what did you think when the news about your husband reached Cleveland? Didn't you wonder about why you hadn't talked to this Nicholson all those days?
3: Yes, I did wonder. Yeah.
1: now, why didn't you tell us all that without all this back and forth?
3: Because it would have sounded so awful. Do
1: you think you improved things by holding back?
3: I don't know. Maybe I didn't. The last time I saw Carl was on Wednesday. We had a fight and he walked out.
1: You can prove that's the last time you saw him?
3: Prove? I haven't been thinking about anything like that. We fought over the same thing for almost a year. Carl wanted me to get divorced, And I wouldn't.
1: Because you were waiting for your husband to get killed. Did you ever tell Carl that? Yes. you tell him uh, that during his this uh, fight on Wednesday? I think so. But you didn't talk to him after that? No. Could he have learned someplace else where your husband was staying?
3: I don't know. I I don't know who else Al called. Carl wouldn't kill him. I'm positive of that.
1: Would you happen to have a photograph of Nicholson? Why? Some are on their way by radio photo and some others by airmail. But we might be able to save time if you have some.
3: I have one. I
1: want to erase something off the bat. Now, don't you fret, Mrs. Chapman. We'll show it to a couple of people if Carl is innocent like you think he is. This is the quickest way to prove that, too. <laughs> Gee, I'd sure like to help you. You know, if I'd seen a snap of... Sure, yeah. don't say anything unsure sure. Mm. Uh, what did the barcliffe say? Oh, it's the same thing you did. It was crowded and she wasn't sure. Oh, I'm awful sorry. Yeah, that's all right. I'd rather have a careful witness like you than one that thinks he has to say something to live up to the title. Well, right, right. yeah, this guy could have been here and he couldn't have been. That's the best I can go. I'm sorry. Thanks, now It's okay. I'll do better next time. I'll keep my eyes open from now on. Uh, maybe I'll get on a force someday, huh, Lieutenant? say a boat is so expensive to keep up that before long you don't own it. It owns you. So we sold it and there went my fishing trip. <laughs> you get much back there? Ah, yeah, but I haven't gotten back into it since before the war. Yeah, you ought to. Everybody ought to. Here's your Lieutenant. Wait. Oh, thanks. We'll not be long. Take a down when you're
3: through.
1: Hello, Norma. Oh. We've got a picture of a man we want you to look at, Norma. Why? Well, you look at it. Come on, get a good, bright light on
3: here. Who is
1: he? You ever seen this
3: man? I couldn't swear, but I think he could be the one that shot Mr. Kirk. I hate to say it for sure, because Mr. Chapman was on that side.
1: Look at it again, Norma. What is there that you think you recognize?
3: Well, maybe I'm wrong, but the way he's here, right here. The reason he that hangs down across his forehead.
1: This man's about Dollar's height.
3: I'm not sure of that. He's kind of crouched.
1: But you think you saw the hair. I
3: don't even know why I think that, but when I close my eyes, it seems like I can see
1: his face. Yeah, well, now you take a long look at it. Study it. We'll have some more pictures of this man tomorrow. and If you can be sure, why, then maybe we can let you look at him flesh and blood.
3: What happened so fast?
1: Just take your time to get to Lieutenant and me. If I could, I'd leave it so he could study it all night, but it's a piece of evidence, and therefore it belongs to the state, so I can't leave. As it turned out, we didn't have to take that photograph or any other picture back to Norma Sales for identification. The first reason turned up that night. There was another message from the Cleveland police. The body of our chief suspect, Carl Nicholson had been removed from the remains of his car. The crash had occurred within 200 miles of his home. Witnesses said that he had been returning from a friend's country place, and the alcoholic content of his blood gave credence to Mrs. Chapman's story that they had quarreled. It became obvious later that he had been on a week's drunk. In addition to killing him, it had removed him in other respects as a suspect. The other thing that changed the direction of the matter was not as closely connected to any of the principles. As a matter of fact, hardly connected at all. It was a story on the front page of the next morning's paper. A man named Max Gerber, with a criminal background, had been found shot to death. Along with a year-old picture of him was printed the fact that he had been staying at the Quincy Hotel. With Lieutenant Sharks, I went to view Max Gerber's remains and his effects. And at 10 that morning, Norma Sale was once more ushered into it. Well, Norma, we seem to keep you busy, don't we? Sit down, Norma. Is you the some picture? Not the same as we brought last night. That wasn't the man you saw in the
3: alley. I wasn't sure.
1: The bartender the Quincy says he'd never seen you in there before the other night. Why'd you happen to go there? I don't know. It
3: seemed like a good idea because I hadn't been
1: here. Was there some special that took you there,
3: Norma?
1: There must be quite a few sort of bars where you haven't been. It wasn't anything special. I think it's fair to tell you that uh, we checked the store where you worked and found out that you left there at 3.30 that day. I didn't feel very
3: good.
1: You felt good enough to go to the Quincy. You felt good enough to let yourself get picked up by this man. I guess
3: that's my
1: business, isn't it? What I want to do and who I want to be with. Why, sure it is, Norm. Who did you want to be with? What do you mean? A man named Alonzo Chapman or a man named Max Gerber. I just went
3: in, that's all. I mean, that's this guy. You
1: uh, didn't go into that bar expecting to meet some special man, did you?
3: No. Not
1: even if you were paid to meet him?
3: No, I don't know what you're talking about.
1: That man that was killed. I mean, the one you were with. Did you know what he did for
3: a living? That he was a salesman.
1: Well, that's what we're getting at. He was a salesman. We cut two pictures out of the paper, Norman. Here's one. This is the man you met at the Quincy. Yes. You sure, Norma? Yes, I am. This man wasn't killed in the alley the other night.
3: This man I was with.
1: No, he isn't. This man was killed last night, Norma, right outside the Quincy Hotel. Here's the picture of the other man. They look alike, don't they?
3: They're the same.
1: I saw the suit Max Gerber was wearing. Even it was sort of the same as Chapman's. It was brown. But
3: they were same. I mean, it was Gerber. It was
1: Gerber you were supposed to meet.
3: It was Gerber. No,
1: it wasn't, Norma.
3: Yes, it was. All
1: right. You were supposed to pick up Gerber in that bar, weren't
3: you? I didn't know what they were going to
1: do. But you did pick this man up and take him down that alley.
3: He you not know the, the money and that's all he wanted.
1: Tell us how you found this man in the bar, Norma.
3: They pointed him out in the lobby. He made a book, call, then then he went into the bar. I went and asked
1: him. Brown suit, gray hair? Yes. It was Alonzo Chapman you took out to get
3: killed. No, it wasn't.
1: Why should we tell you it was if it wasn't? You're lying
3: to me. You're trying to trick me. No. They
1: just made a mistake.
3: They pointed him out. Then you made the mistake. No, I didn't. I didn't. I did what they said. They told me I had to, and I did. They sent me because I was blonde, and it was the right one. They didn't think they were going to kill us. He just owed them some money. That's all they wanted. That's all I wanted. I didn't want anybody to get killed. I was blonde, and I was young, and that's why they sent me. For money.
1: Expense account, item two, miscellaneous, while in Los Angeles, $255.08. Item three, same as item one, transportation back to Hartford. Expense account total, $672.08. Remarks? The second murder, Max Kerber's, was a gangland rub-out, planned with the aid of a young blonde as Bates. The first murder was only a mistake. The apparent moral is that companies shouldn't hire salesmen, women shouldn't marry them, Young Blonde should stay away from them, but confidentially, some of my best friends are insurance sales. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
0: Yours truly, Johnny Dollar stars Edmund O'Brien in the title role and is written by Gil Dowd with music by Eddie Gunther. Edmund O'Brien can soon be seen in the Paramount Pictures production, Warpath. Featured in tonight's cast were High Everback, John McIntyre, Harry Lang, Jeanette Nolan, and Virginia Gray. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, is transcribed in Hollywood by Jaime Del Valle. Beginning next Wednesday, yours truly, Johnny Dollar, will be heard one half hour later on most of these same stations. This is Dick Cutting inviting you to join us next week at 9.30 Eastern Daylight Saving Time, when Edmund O'Brien returns as... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Been to the wax works lately. Nothing like being taken to the cleaner, though so 45 minutes of cleaner fun would be hard to find. You'll enjoy this evening's session of songs and stuff Featuring Robert Q. Lewis, his guests, flattered, chatter, and assorted pleasantries. It's the Robert Q. Lewis Waxworks, open for business, five evenings a week, Monday through Friday, on most of these same CBS stations. Today, the United States is celebrating the 175th anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Stay tuned now for the official U.S. anniversary program with President Harry S. Truman, Secretary of Defense General George C. Marshall, Chief Justice Fred M. Vinson, and others. Follow immediately over most of these same CBS stations. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
1: Classic Streams
2: This concludes another episode of Classic Streams. Thank you for listening.